All right, hello and welcome to the Reigning in Ray podcast, the a, a spinoff podcast of the Basic Bible podcast, and we're here with Ray Jewell, the Ray of Reigning in Ray. So, Ray, welcome back. That's an awful lot of Ray sounds, Reigning in Ray. Yeah, but that's okay. You you do it so well. <laughs> so it's good to be back, Kevin. In the in the Reigning in Ray podcast, we try to rein in Ray. Although last time I had to be reined in. Well, we were talking politics. <laughs> and But, you know, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to try to set you up here. Ray, do you know who's not reined in on this podcast? <laughs> if I say the audience, you'll say somebody else. No, it's the audience. You're right. <laughs> you guys are not reined in because you guys get to ask whatever questions you want, whether it's theological or political or culinary. We've had some food questions before. Or just silly. Or just stupid, like... <laughs> Uh, Casey's question. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna jump in here, and our first question is from Logan Schwan. Logan is the assistant pastor at Faith Community uh, Faith Community Church State Line Campus. Just got to know, getting to know uh, Logan just a little bit. So Logan, well, first off, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Um, and Logan, you should come on the podcast sometime and chat with us. So Logan wants to know. Is the book of Jonah a real story or a vision? Ray, I don't think we've ever talked about this. No. So I'm interested to hear your, your take on this. Um, I will say that I believe anyway that it is a real story. Okay. And here's why. Uh, landmarks. You know, he starts off in one place. He yeah. goes towards Tarsus. He ends up in right. Nineveh. Talks about a hundred. everybody in that city being, you know, repenting, 120,000 people. The Bible, when it gets that specific, right. is is telling something that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. The the part of Jonah being swallowed by a big fish that may be uh, you know hard to swallow, but when you take it, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and I didn't even know I did that until <laughs> after you. Started. No, you played it that okay. <laughs> It's hard to swallow. Hey, that yeah, was for okay. you, Jesse Knapp. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, Phil Allen, you guys are into puns. Uh, the thing about that, though, the Bible, when it's really starting to talk about specific areas, specific places, uh, you know, uh, just it, it really... It would take a lot more for me, and, and the genre, too. I mean, I know it's prophecy, but yeah. the primary purpose of a prophet is to tell, you know, God's message to whatever people that he's dealing with or she's dealing with. There are a few female prophets mentioned in the Old Testament as well. And the, the but this with Jonah, I mean, can't you see? I can see myself running away. Yeah. Instead of doing what God wanted, yeah. and then. Come to the realization. Okay, I'm the guy. I'm the I'm the reason you're having this problem. And they throw. Me. I can see that. I mean, for whatever reason. I mean, the the sailors. Maybe it was out of superstition or trying to appease some kind of god. Yeah. And in fact, I think that was their reason for. Because right. Jonah said, you know, this is I'm the guy. This is why you're having this problem. So, almost reluctantly, they threw him overboard. And yet, God provided this big. I mean. God, if God's going to provide, why can't He provide a big fish? Yeah, you know. So, I'm I'm perfectly fine with saying it yeah. uh, was a real story. I, I get why he's asking because it does seem, it almost seems like a story. It, it it 
little Leroy. It's his favorite bedtime story. Yeah. He'll tell me, Dad, tell me about big, big fat whale. I, I, I kind of, I add a little bit of drama. No, to, not you. To the story. That's what a dad does, though. <laughs> uh, but he likes that story, uh, and it does seem like a children's story. But as you said, I, 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 I believe it is literal. I believe this actually happened, um, and, and for partly for some of the reasons you said, there are some landmarks. He's very specific. Uh, verse one. Now the Lord, the word Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh." It wasn't just, okay, the Lord came to know, uh, Jonah in a dream, mm-hmm. and Jonah ran away. Or, but he, he's, he's starting off with the command, you go here, you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing in the text itself, I think, that gives us any clue that it's just a, a vision right. that he's having. As opposed to, you know, look at the book of Revelation, yeah. and we see John is saying, I see this vision. Mm-hmm. Or even uh, Jeremiah or, or uh, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Isaiah. Isaiah uh, usually introduce what they're saying with this is a vision. Or even uh, Paul, mm-hmm. talking about being brought to the third heaven, mm-hmm. he's saying, I don't know if this is or not, but, you know, so um, I, I don't think this would be a vision. I think this is... Yeah. To be taken literally. Yep, I agree. All right, Jesse Knopp. Jesse was on uh, one of our Raining and Ray podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> we reined him in. We definitely to, did. Uh, talk about that. We and, caught him so unaware on that day. But, you know, he was able to go with it. He did. He, he, he did a good job of doing that. Here. Uh, so, Jesse, uh, who's supposed to join us on our Calvinism series, but <laughs> to this date has not... not. I think I'm going to find somebody else to do that. Someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> all right, anyway. How to this, win friends and influence people. This is um, uh, an interesting question. This is an intelligent question. It is. Um, and Ray, this is really your, your field of expertise. So I'm going to let you handle this. I, I, I just, uh, you know, on the blog right now, we are going through your series on Revelation. And on the I, website? And I think on the website, yeah. Okay. Um, and I think, for the most part, I think you and I see eye, eye, eye to eye mm-hmm. um, on, on Revelation. So, um, related to the, the question on Jonah, which parts of Revelation are literal, historical, or visional? How does the fact that almost all of the book is written in Jewish metaphorical poetry uh, language factor in? Yeah. That's, the, that's the Professor Jewell question. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you got a couple hours. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now I will say we did you you did do a podcast on this book. In fact, yeah. I'll link to it in our show notes. Uh, there was a whole podcast where kind of Ray just kind of gave an overview of the book of Revelation. Yeah. So I want to urge you to look at that. But go ahead, Ray. I'll, I'll let you take this. Okay. There, I think the first thing we need to remember is the number two rule of interpretation. The number one rule is humility. Hmm. The, at least my number two rule is the Bible cannot speak to us. You know, we cannot take what's in the book of Revelation and put it into Whoa, modern, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Terms. Back up, back up, back up. Because you're stepping in my area here. This is what I refer to my students as the Thompsonian herme- uh, hermeneutical principle. Yeah, well, the Bible I mean, is not written to you, but right, for you. Right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. And I mean, but I, you want me to use good hermeneutics, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The, wow. All right. The, the the so we need to realize that the author of the book Revelation, uh, John, 
Um, some think he was the Apostle John. Some think he was John the Divine or whatever, depending on where that. The author really doesn't matter so much. It's the message that's what counts. Now that you've got three kinds of genre or literature being used here, you've got prophecy, and it starts right out. This is a, this is a, a, prof, a revelation of this. You also have apocalypse, which is more along the line of what um, Jesse is referring to with the metaphorical poetic language, the Jewish metaphorical poetic language. Yeah. And then you also, it's, it's formatted like a letter. Because, you know, it starts out with a, a greeting, and this is who, who's writing it, who it's being sent to. And then have some kind of introduction that's going to give you some clue what's uh, through the rest of the book. So you got instead of just one or even two genres, you got three. Hmm. Now another part of this is you've got different scenes happening simultaneously. Uh, so let's run through chapters one through three. Are definitely here on earth. Uh, you know, he's, he's talking to the seven churches, uh, and actually Jesus is talking to John, and that's what John is just writing all that down. So the first three chapters are an earthly scene simultaneously going on. You've got chapters four and five, and it keeps going back and forth that way all the way up to chapter 20. Uh, and then you, then in chapter 21, 22, you get into the new heaven, new earth. That's eternity. See, this is part of the problem that people come at the book of Revelation with is misunderstanding what heaven is yeah. here and now. I mean, heaven exists now. It's what the Bible would, you know, most of the time the Bible talks about heaven. They're talking about a place where God is and Jesus is now with those who have gone before, who have remained faithful and stuff, and they're with Christ, you know, and that's heaven. The new heavens, new earth will be when Jesus returns and establishes, well, now he's already established his kingdom here on earth by his death and resurrection, but this will be the fruition of it. It's that already not, already not yet yeah. uh, thing going on here. And that, that's an important way to look at that. So um, it's, it just depends. Now, the references, it's important to recognize, too, what Jesse sort of alludes to here. There's a lot of Old Testament imagery that's used. Yeah. Whether it's uh, just uh, a mention of, an allusion to, or actual direct quotations. For instance, there's uh, talks about the 144,000. Um, you got the 24 elders. Well, the... Twelve of those elders are the twelve tribes of Israel, and the other twelve are the apostles. It's a symbol that Jesus is using to show the unity of the people of God. And I think that's a huge thing. And when you talk about 140, that's not a literal number. Numbers, for the most part, are not literal in the book of Revelation. They're symbolic. So when you talk about a thousand-year reign... That means it's a long period of time. It has a definite beginning and a definite end. I believe through all my study in this, the beginning is in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the beginning of what people will call the millennium. 
and the end will be when he returns. And uh, and then one other thing I gotta say, and I'll try to be done. Try. <laughs> right. um, hey, you went on and on and on about politics. That's true. That's true. I guess this is more important. <laughs> the, well, not necessarily, but the. Actually, I got something else to say about that, but the point I'm going to now is um, as we read the book of Revelation, as we read the Bible, anything that deals with end times talk or eschatology or whatever, it's always, okay, this is what's going to happen. So, always comes back to how is that going to affect the way you live your life now? Yeah. And then uh, this just started hitting me recently since we've been talking more about politics. The book of Revelation is a political book. Hmm. It's the kingdom of the, our Lord and of our Christ. And he will reign. He is reigning. And, you know, we need to get in line with that. Yeah. You know, my, my short title for the book of Revelation is God Wins. Yeah. Now, subtitle would be, and we do too, if we are faithful to him. Yeah. And that's, that's you, you can wrap up the concept or the message of the book of Revelation mm -hmm. in those two words. God wins. You know what's most impressive about all of that? You did that completely without notes. <laughs> that was just off the top of your head. Well, I studied this stuff a yes. lot. <laughs> so that's why he's Professor Jewell. Mm -hmm. And I'm just here as a lowly high school Bible teacher. Um, that I highly respect. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I I think that was a. I, I have nothing to add to that because I, I you know I'm just going to uh, submit myself to the elder here, the way elder uh, person. No. Um. But no, I think I think Ray's right. All right. So wow, did I just? Wow. Man, I, I we're gonna edit that part out. I did. <laughs> I get such joy when Kevin <laughs> says, Ray is right. <laughs> because it happens so so, few, so, so seldomly. seldomly yes. <laughs> All right. Another question from Jesse. Uh, who wrote the book of Hebrews? <sighs> okay. Somebody, a man inspired by God. Some, or some would say oh, yeah, possibly yeah, yeah. a woman inspired by God. The point is, it doesn't matter who wrote it. I mean, if it mattered, we'd know. Yeah, that's true. And the the you know it doesn't take away from what's written there. It's still right. the word of God. You know, let's the the human authors were instruments in the hands of Almighty God. Yeah. If you know whether we needed to know that Moses is credited with the five books that are known as the books of Moses or not is is sort of irrelevant. Yeah. He wasn't around. When he died, right. and that's the last part of Deuteronomy, uh, you know, it, the human authors were used by God to put down God's revelation to their people, to the people they were addressing, if it was a letter or a book, you know, I mean, a history book or wisdom literature or whatever. And that's the point. God uses, used people like probably over 40 or so human authors to pen the 66 books that we shouldn't really separate that way, probably. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's helpful for getting people into the right part of where you're talking from, I suppose. But the idea that 
it matters. And Jesse, I'm not downplaying what you're asking. No, he is. He I'm is. just saying. Jesse, you should take this absolutely personally. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, when it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter who wrote it. All right, now with that, I'm going to speculate. Here we go. Um, my my guess would be, I I don't believe Paul wrote the Book of Hebrews. I think that's the majority, probably the majority position, is that Paul wrote it. To me, it just it doesn't sound Pauline enough to me. And yet, who better to write the Book of Hebrews than the Hebrew of Hebrews? Yes, and then and see. <laughs> And I, and I agree with that. Um, so, so I wouldn't be shocked if one day I found out, um, you know, if I'm in heaven one day and God just happens. I was going to say, it, it won't um, be until we get to right. heaven. Um, <laughs> so it wouldn't shock Although in heaven, I don't think I'd actually care about this question anymore. Probably not um, any of these questions we deal yeah. with down here. Um, but I, I, my gut tells me it's not Paul. Uh, whether it's Barnabas, I don't know. Maybe it's Lydia, I've heard. I've Some, heard Priscilla. Uh, Priscilla. Pris- yeah, and um, maybe um, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Any, but my gut tells me it's not Paul. Who it is, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, uh, Jesse, you're you're dumb for asking this question. Is what Ray's getting at? <laughs> oh, what so, Ray's getting at? <laughs> <laughs> He's putting words in my mouth again, Jesse. You know I love you. Yeah. Uh, I, tease I will you. say this. I tease you, but that's my way of showing you love. I will say this. Jesse's a good guy because, you know, we were actually, um, my wife, and by the way, I'm sorry, I um, excluded you from this. Um, <laughs> my my wife won a contest recently. Oh, yeah? Um, and she got this a ton of this gluten-free bread. Oh. Which is great because Tommy, my, my son, is, is gluten-free. Yeah. Uh, he, he You know, he, he's got allergies, and um, so he can't take gluten, so... We thought, oh, we get a couple loaves of bread. Well, well, they sent us like two boxes of this yeah. stuff. Huge. Like, we, there's no, he doesn't eat that much bread to begin with. Yeah. And he's the only person in the house. And I can't stand the stuff. I tried it. You asked me if I liked um, gluten bread. I did. But you must have given it all but away. But by that time, we had given it all away. <laughs> That's fine. And, and Jesse was one of the ones who took some of that from oh, us. Okay. And um, he tipped me with a couple of theology books. So a commentary. No wonder you're so grateful. (laughs) Anybody, you know, you should know this by now. If you want to get like multiple gratitudes out of Mister Thompson, a book. Yes, a free book. A free book. Oh, it's got to be free. Yes, free. And hopefully, it has some meat to it. Yes, (laughs) but it was a um, a book on the Old Testament. uh, I believe it was by Kaiser, uh, Walter Kaiser, and. Commentary in Genesis. So, Jesse, you're you're okay in my book for now, <laughs> as long as the books keep on coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and, and he said there might because he, he I guess he inherited a library from a reformed pastor somewhere, ah. and he's got some books. He's got some boxes to go through. So, anyway, okay. Jesse, feel free to bring those over. All right. Next question from our friend Vivian, a mutual friend of ours, Ray. Yes. Um, she's asking this: If you cause some harm to happen through willful ignorance. The info or uh, prevention is there, but you ignore it. Is it wrong in the same way that causing harm willfully is wrong? And I think the key word here is willful. Um, is it will, if it's willful ignorance, in other words, I know stuff exists about this, mm-hmm. information or whatever, 
and I'm purposely ignoring it mm -hmm. in such a way that causes harm to somebody else, is it the same as an intentional yeah. harm? Well, I mean, we used to talk, and I, maybe this is, isn't the, the uh, correct nuance to this, but we used to talk about sins of omission and sins of yeah. commission. And I don't know if that, the sense of omission is quite what she's asking. You know, to, yeah, to, um, I think I get it. Uh, we can walk by somebody laying in the street. Like, sort of like uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Right. You know, they, because they were so wrapped up in their important position in the temple, they knew that if they would help this person, they would end up not being to do their work at the temple. Yeah. And they found function more important than, or not function, but form or whatever. You know, that they found that position more important than the person. Yeah. And you know, so if this is where she's talking about, I say, yeah, I agree it is. That it's, you know, people go around with blinders on, on purpose. Because they don't want to have to to deal with it, or they're afraid. That, that's that's a lot. That's a huge motivator for people to uh, stay away from that stuff. They're afraid if they got involved, something might happen to them, their reputation. Um, you got to throw that stuff out the window. I mean, if if we believe that God is who He says He is, and He says He's going to be with us regardless of what happens, we need to trust that. Yeah, we need to go with that. Um, I tend to agree in that... I hear a bite in there somewhere. <laughs> if, if I hurt someone because of my own stupidity, that person's hurt regardless if I were intentional or stupid. Mm -hmm. The hurt's still there, the hurt's still real, and it's still my fault. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had to struggle with that myself because there... You know, I've had some health issues. Mm -hmm. And it's not... I wasn't trying to be hurtful, but it has hurt my family. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a drag somewhat financially in our family because of my, some of my stupid decisions. Um, and it has led to some hardship in some areas. And so I, I, I feel guilt over that, and I, I think I should. Um, now, there is forgiveness in Christ, mm -hmm. and there is forgiveness in, even within my wife and, and kids and whatnot. Uh, but that hurt is still real. And so if I am willfully ignorant, meaning I'm aware that I could be wrong or I'm aware that information exists that I should be, and I just ignore it because I just want to do what I want to do, that's selfish, mm -hmm. and it hurts other people. Anytime I'm selfish, it's going to hurt other people. Um, you can replay what you're saying right now in the uh, hoping for happiness. That's uh, true. That's Because it fits perfect with what some of what he says. Uh, and I'm hoping by the time we air this, We've already aired that yeah. episode, <laughs> um, so people don't know what we're talking about. We never. Um, we don't know, so why should they? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Vivian, I think we're going to say yes, and I think I know where you're going with this, Vivian. Um, Vivian, <laughs> and I, and I, I don't want to get too political here, right? But I think you're on the right track. I think I think you and I, and Ray, I think I think we're all in agreement. Um, you know what? It's it's raining and rain. I'm just going to throw it out. I think we're talking about Donald Trump here, um, and uh, some of the 
I think he has misled our country, and now I'm going to get the hate mail. By the way, we do have a new email address I haven't been promoting, which is basicbiblepodcast at gmail.com. So send your hate mail to basicbiblepodcast at gmail.com, and I'll get that, and I'll read that, and I'll delete it. Um, no, uh, but uh, and I think we actually we're going to have a phone number here, too, where you can leave a message. We'll play it on air. Really? Um, but I haven't set that up quite yet, and I forget what the number is. Okay, so, so now that, that uh, Kevin's wanting to go all over the place with the, what we're doing, we really do need a sponsor, too. Okay, yeah. All right, but right now what we need to do is wrap this up. Okay. We're running out of time, but I do want to answer our last question from Casey Ellers, who uh, asked a question last week about Adam having a belly button. This week, we're, we're, we're a little bit... Uh, we're into it. Yeah, we're into we're into this question. And Casey is... Casey needs to come on this podcast. He does. I have invited him several times, um, but we haven't been able to work it out. Well, just show um, up on us. Now that he has... Yeah, well, he just he just got a degree oh. from um, Trinity. Oh, yeah. He got his, he got his, I believe he's got his MDiv now. Okay. Uh, so he's got... Maybe you... You should have some more free time on your hands, but whatever. <laughs> but he is a pastor now. So at Hope Ye Free Church in Roscoe, shout out to you guys. So <clears throat> Casey asks, um, he wants to modify the last question from the vice president debate, mm-hmm. uh, which was a good debate. Uh, what are some tangible steps the church must take to grow in unity? Hmm. What are some tangible steps the church must take to grow in unity? I think that's a great question, and I know you do as well, yeah, Ray, because I do think we need more unity. Oh, I mean, considering what we're going through yeah. now with COVID and then the masking and the non-masking and having a mandate to mask and social distance and, and all that stuff, I mean, it's the, it's a, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that big of a thing whether or not to wear a mask if you have the mind of Christ that says, I will do this for somebody else. And we did a whole people. episode on that. Yeah. That I'll refer you to. Right. Uh, but I want to break this question. I want to, I want to take this from two different perspectives. Okay. First, let's talk about the local church, individual yeah, local churches. That, I was wondering how you meant And that. then yeah. let's take it as the church, church as a large. whole. Yeah. Um, the church at large, like we're being hunted down. No. Uh, but let's talk about individual churches, right? How, how do you think we should we, we could take steps within our individual congregations to have more unity and love and togetherness? Well, I'm sold on the life group concept. This is not just a Bible study thing. This is a smaller group, uh, as small as four, as large as 10, 15 people getting together, interacting, sharing their lives, actually sharing their lives, which, which is what we see in the, in the book of Acts, um, caring for each other, helping those who are in need, ministering together. And, then, and, and the other thing I would say, if we disagree, whether it's a political thing or a theological thing or uh, how to do this, how to do that, to come together, have open dialogue, come to a consensus. You know, as long as we use the Bible for our guide, we don't want to go against Scripture, never. Right. But, and that should be part of the unifying force. But if the Spirit of Christ lives in us, yeah, as he does, not just me as an individual, but us as the local body of Christ, the church, 
then you know we start there and we see where the spirit takes us yeah well i think the number of things would be humility oh yeah um well i i love diversity within the church Mm -hmm. and that diversity ought to lead to a unity this is what i mean i i've said this a thousand times i've probably said the podcast before but in my church in rockford when we were there at morningstar uh, what I used to love is we had, we had communion every week. First off, I love communion every week. I think mm-hmm. every church should do that. Um, but uh, at our church, we did it in such a way where you had to walk up front. And so you, you stood up in your pews and you walked to the edge of your pew to the outside perimeter of the church. Mm-hmm. And then you walked up and then you walked toward the middle. You received the elements. And then there was one uh, passageway in the middle where you'd walk back to your mm-hmm. seats. I used to love just watching people come come down that aisle and i would notice you've got rich you've got poor you've mm-hmm. got fat you've got skinny you've got young you've got old you've got white you've got black you've got hispanic you've got everything um there is nothing i have in common with most of these people outside of the gospel mm-hmm. But it's the gospel that brings us together. Mm-hmm. And I can have fellowship with the rich person or uh, even the skinny person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or Because uh, I'm very far from that myself. Um, and I can have a sense of unity with them. Because on the thing that matters most, we are in 100% agreement. Yeah. And so therefore, I can out of love and humility prefer others rather than myself so when it comes to music styles mm-hmm. if this blesses my brother then let's play the the more modern music or if it blesses this person over here let's let's sing one of the traditional hymns or mm-hmm. whatever and i don't care about the 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 color of the carpet yeah. or um whether we even even whether we do communion once a week or once a month or whatever you know i have my preference as i stated right um but in it, if I if I'm going to be humble and love other people more than me, that's going to bring us together. And I love the picture in Roman excuse me Revelation five, where around the throne of God are people from every tongue, tribe, mm-hmm. kindred, and nation, and they're all unified in their worship of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we keep that worship of Jesus the center, mm-hmm. um, we're going to find some of these other things just don't matter as much. Right. I mean, and that's that's uh, another way of looking at that is, you know, you've got your primary beliefs and then you've got your secondary and tertiary. Yeah. And it's it's not the primary thing that we usually disagree on in the church. It's just how we interpret those primary things, those secondary things. You know, I mean, let's say we believe in the ministry of all believers. Well, then you've got those who would say, well, women can be ordained and can wait people actually believe that pastor and then there's those who just like kevin just said what people really believe <laughs> that <laughs> so but you know and just other ways how the holy spirit works yeah can be a, an issue and guess what that's satan's greatest tool yeah. is when we disagree on secondary things and that's what i think leads us into that next part about how can the church at large or the church universal Mm-hmm. have more unity and that's where i mean like you know we were just joking around about women uh being ordained and, and so ray and i disagree on that but we also agree it's not the number one issue right and so if you keep the main thing the main thing we can have more unity uh you know ray's an arminian i'm a calvinist and 
Uh, we're also of different uh, denominations. But what we what unites us is greater than what divides us. Yeah. And if and if you know he's got a love for the gospel, he's got a love for for uh, sound Bible preaching. He has a love for Jesus that I can learn from and that I can also um, agree with him on. And therefore, you know, we can, we, we can have fun. We get heat, in heated debates from time to time. Yeah. Um, but, um, but we come out of it closer, right. I think, every time. Right. Um, and I've learned as much from you, if not more from you, than you've learned from me. No, I think I've I've learned more from you. You also you you honestly have a more uh, broader knowledge of theology, and you know and that comes with your many many years of being old. I mean, having experience. Well, I, I, let's face um, it. I'm of the boomer generation, and you're whatever. You're twenty. I'm a Gen X you're guy. You're twenty five. Are you forty one or forty? Forty three. Forty three. Oh, excuse me. Well, still, <laughs> you're still. Uh, at least the generation below me. Yeah. <laughs> Behind me. I shouldn't say below. I don't want to, you know, but I do learn from you. I learn from my daughter who's 25. Yeah. Uh, she's been one of my my greater greatest we, teachers. We should have her on the podcast. Well, we should. It's going to be a little hard right yeah. now. <laughs> um, yeah. In all, in all her free time. Yeah, right. Have, uh, no. Um, <laughs> but I think that we can we can apply that principle uh, overall, I mean, we may not have, you know, a Sunday uh, Sunday dinner with every other denomination, but there are areas we can agree on, mm-hmm. um, and I don't have to be at war. Yeah, and and that's where you know I grew up in in a more of a fundamentalist mm-hmm. society a mentality, and you know it's just, it's our way or the highway, yeah. and it's you know the chosen frozen we're it's, you know <laughs> us but nobody nobody else right. Um, and I I've really been freed. Mm-hmm. from that and it has been a freeing experience yeah. realizing uh, first off I realized I was wrong about a few things oh just a few and, <laughs> well, and I'm still learning that um, I've had to change my position on things because I've been exposed to more right and I can learn more well and that's the benefit of exposing yourself is you do learn you do grow you 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 know you can be this far apart but then you come together you know you've got your you know, your thesis and your antithesis, and then you come up with synthesis, and you grow better because you've learned how. Are you to... a Marxist now? Are you this <laughs> dialectic? That... It's, it's um, you know, so from a Christian perspective. <laughs> One of the things I want to bring up real quick in Janesville, several other churches get together once a month hmm. uh, for prayer. I don't know that it's extremely well attended at times. And, and I mean, let's face it, COVID has changed everything. Right. right. Everything. And big or small, important or unimportant, we have, we have the opportunity now as the church to become so creative and so do things out of the box yeah. that I think Jesus wants us to do. You know, if we get stuck in our own little box... Are we really being his, right. his body? Right. I don't know. I don't. All right, we're gonna wrap it up there because we are way over time. No, not us. And so, um, but I think we've had a fruitful discussion here. We covered some important topics, um, and, and more importantly, we've actually answered every question that is that's rare. been sent to us. That's, well, yes. that's why we ended up doing. But two. we did two of these. <laughs> yeah. And if you had to take us along on the so. political. 
You know, you need to let that go. All right. Well, uh, don't let forget. It go, let it go. Okay, don't go there. I'm a parent, and I and I don't appreciate that. Okay. So check us out at our Facebook group. Check us out www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Also on Twitter and Instagram at Basic Bible Cast. Also, the new YouTube page is up. At least I have faith that it'll be up by the time this is airs. Um, and you can you can you can look for that, uh, search for that in uh, YouTube. Search for Basic Bible Podcast, and you'll find us. So until next week, have a great rest of your week.